Welcome to Make and Decorate, a podcast for makers who love to sew, quilt, and decorate. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Make and Decorate with Stephanie podcast. This is a decorating episode for outdoor living. This is the time of year most of the Northern Hemisphere is starting to enjoy more dining, entertaining, and everyday living outdoors. I will share some tips and ideas on how you can make your outdoor space a beautiful oasis where you and loved ones will want to spend time throughout the summer months. If you're new to the podcast, this is a long format show with a chit chat segment preceding the main topic or guest segment. Feel free to fast forward about 15 to 20 minutes to get to the main segment uh, if you want to skip over the chit chat. The Make and Decorate Friends group is growing and more of you are joining us. Thank you. This group is private and free and is on the Mighty Networks platform. You can access it on the computer at MightyNetworks.com and then type in Make and Decorate Friends to join. Or an easier way is to click on the invite link that I have on the podcast blog page. Then you'll be instantly added to the group. We've had some great chats this past week and more projects were posted. So come on over and join us. Also, if you're not a patron, check out my Patreon page at patreon.com slash make and decorate. Here you can subscribe to support the podcast and receive a monthly bonus episode year round, which means you get new episodes when the free podcast is on hiatus. One more way to support the Make and Decorate podcast is to do a one-time donation from my podcast page. It's kind of like uh, the one-time things where you buy people coffees or stuff like that. So it's just a one-time donation that you can do off of my podcast blog page. And lastly, word of mouth referrals are super helpful to continue to grow this podcast. And as always, thank you for listening and spending a little time with me. So let's get on to chit chat. There are no new voice messages this week, but I hope you enjoyed the last voice message question and the answer. I thought Paula had a great question, and I feel it was something that a lot of us are unsure of how to blend neutral home decor with colorful quilting and sewing projects. Keep the voice messages coming. You can record a message from my podcast blog page. The purple button is on the right side of the screen if you are on a computer or tablet. The button is at the bottom of the post if you're on a mobile device. So scroll all the way down to get to that button to record a voicemail for me. And you can record a voicemail during any time, like even during the hiatus. I'll keep track of those and um, use those for the following season, season five. Uh, However, I'll email you an answer if you are the one that recorded the, um, the voicemail question. Okay, so sewing studio updates. I completed the fourth and final Lucky Juju Cat doll. 
And then I made the Lucky Doodoo puppy doll for my baby nephew, whose birthday is coming up in June. The puppy dog is pretty cute. However, it's not as fun as making the skirt and the capelet for the cat doll, uh, but it is still really cute and uh, a quick make as well. The dog, the puppy doll, has um, a scarf. So that's the only item of clothing that this doll has as far as what's included in the main pattern. And it is an I-cord that is made into a scarf. And I've never made an I-cord before. So this was a pretty um, easy and learning project for me. And uh, I was able to make it in no time. I just had to remember to not turn the needle around at the end of every row like you do in regular knitting. Uh, it was, it, it's, you know, you have that muscle memory. So that was the major thing that kind of, you know, had me a little messed up for a, a few rows, but then I got it. Uh, and it goes pretty quickly. There is also a free knit sweater pattern for the puppy doll on the Lucky Juju website, luckyjuju.com. And I downloaded that and I had it finished in two evenings. It was more challenging than the I-cord, of course. I had to pay close attention to what I was knitting, uh, like counting and placing markers. Uh, but it is so cute. A mini sweater. So now I can say I made a sweater, right? <laughs> I was thinking maybe a sweater for myself isn't as impossible as I think it is. Uh, but these mini sweaters are super quick to to knit. So I'm sure the, you know, larger human size sweaters take a lot, lot longer to do. I've got a new impromptu quick project on the work table. We have an outdoor iron chase lounge. It is the first piece of outdoor furniture that we purchased for our deck about 15 plus years ago. The seat and back of the Chase Lounge are what is called a sling style. And it's a single layer of outdoor fabric that is pulled taut across the piece. So the existing fabric has been looking shredded the past season, and now there are holes, so it's time to reupholster it. Um, and uh, basically, that's Cooper's chair. He has preferred it since he was a puppy, and I think it's because it's lower to the ground and easy to hop onto, as well as being a chase where he can stretch out and lounge like the puppy of leisure that he is. Who doesn't like a chase lounge anyway? These types of sling upholstered furniture can be reupholstered, and this is the first time for me, but so far, so good. My husband helped me um, kind of disassemble the chase lounge and to take out the existing sling pieces, which I will use as the pattern template to make the new ones. And uh, the chair that we have has these um, bolts that are easily taken off with um, one of those. Oh my gosh, I don't even know what they're called. I want to say lug nut. <laughs> Uh, screw. It's the one where you kind of like pull it and it makes this little clicking sound as it loosens the nut. It's that type. And some of these furniture pieces, 
um, the ones that um, like this one was made like 20 years ago will certainly probably have those screws. But some of the more modern ones that are a lot more inexpensive, if they don't have the the screws or nuts on them that you can take off to release the sling fabric, then there really isn't a way to reupholster those. So keep that in mind if you are looking to buy new pieces of furniture with those sling fabrics. Make sure that there's a way uh, to get that fabric out of the chair and replace it with new fabric. We removed the sling pieces and um, I also used a power tool to sand loose bits of paint away and to smooth the surface to prep it for spray painting. And this um, piece that uh, is, it's like a wire brush and it's in a disc and it attaches to like a general, um, you know, power drill uh, as a bit. And it's something that my husband has, and he used it last year, I think, when um, he was uh, removing paint and spray painting another project that we did last year. It was pretty fun so and very quick. And so I used that and, and had the chair in, um, you know, uh, prep use right away. And then I spray painted it. I got the, you know, from the hardware store, I think it was Rust-Oleum, for uh, outdoor furniture. And this one also had like a rust-resistant uh, finish. And I got it in a matte black color and finish. The um, Chase Lounge is iron. It's pretty heavy. And it was um, originally in a black finish. However, over the years, um, little tiny rust spots started to occur, you know, around where the joints were connected and in general. I didn't realize how bad it was <laughs> until I spray painted it and then it looked brand new. It's amazing. It's amazing when you update things and put a coat of paint on them. But I did... I did the stupid mistake and I took my shoes off halfway through the project because I noticed that I had a pair of shoes on that um, I didn't really want to get a ton of, of paint on it. And I noticed that some overspray was starting to happen because the wind picked up. So I took those off, came back out with my bare feet and then I finished spray painting it and did not even notice that uh, the deck, well, I had the tarp down so to catch all of the overspray, uh, but the places where I was stepping on the deck also got overspray. I did not realize it. And it's such tiny particles too. You don't feel it. You don't feel like you're walking on um, wet spray paint. Well, until I was finished and I went um, inside and saw the bottoms of my feet. They were black. I was like freaking out a little bit. I was just like, what? And I had already stepped inside of my slippers. And fortunately, my slippers, I have these um, uh, 
fuzzy orthotic inserts that um, I use, and they're not expensive. They're just from Amazon. So I was able to toss those and keep the integrity of my slippers intact. Uh, but yeah, it was it was crazy. I was like scrubbing and scrubbing the bottoms of my feet to get that paint off. Oh, man, you just sometimes it just takes doing something to learn what not to do the next time. All right, so an update to this. Thankfully, I did more research on making and installing the sling fabric pieces back onto the chase frame. I realized I had the wrong type of outdoor fabric for sling applications. I could have still used the regular outdoor fabric that I got, and it is so cute. It has a beautiful chrysanthemum large flower design on it in different shades of blue. It's so pretty. But uh, I decided that I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to use it. I could have, but it would but it would have been futile because the fabric's not strong enough to maintain a taut, strong, um, uh, you know, construction and it would sag and wrinkle and that sort of thing. So I, uh, I went back online and ordered the correct type of fabric, which is um, if you are going to do a project like this, Google sling fabric. And that is basically what the type of fabric this is called, sling outdoor fabric. Uh, it's a vinyl-coated polyester outdoor woven fabric that is engineered for heavy-duty use. It is thicker than standard outdoor fabric, and um, its stronger weave construction will um, help it stay taut and support the weight that sits on it. Uh, so the thing with this type of fabric, though, is that it's it's usually just there, there's no patterns really it's like a text it has a, a thick texture to it so you're going to get textured solids um, of this type of fabric and uh, so and there's also two main brands of these types of fabrics that I have found Sunbrella uh, which is the top of the line and Pfeiffertex which is also I would say up there with Sunbrella and it it's just like a little bit less expensive, but it's actually a brand that a lot of um, companies use for outdoor um, projects like this. So I ordered Pfeiffer Tex Plus Mesh Outdoor Dupioni and it is in a beautiful blue textured weave. So I am a little excited about this. It's coming in a few days and I also learned that you can use this type of fabric for outdoor shades and awnings, um, a pergola canopy, or even roller shades indoors. In my sewing studio, I got a new light fixture. It is blingy with real crystals that cast a beautiful light pattern on the ceiling. And it finally replaces the fluorescent box light that I have never liked. My husband installed those box lights forever ago, 
I think, before we were even married. Once I turned my sewing room into more of a studio because I started to do commissioned uh, projects, I was thinking about the lighting that I would replace that box light with. It, it was a box fluorescent light fixture, ceiling mounted. And I wasn't sure if I was going to do something more functional so that I could have task lighting or if I was going to do just general lighting and have task lighting um, specifically at the different parts of the, the work area. Form one out over function on this one. <laughs> I love it. I love this light fixture. It is also ceiling mounted, flush mounted. But it is a chandelier flush mount. It is so gorgeous, and it um, it's definitely not task lighting, but it just, when you turn that light on and the crystals just um, create this starburst design on the ceiling, and it's so warm and inviting, uh, that's, that's what I wanted that room to be, because the I have task lights at each sewing machine and uh, one by the cutting table. Uh, and so I just am so glad I did it like this. There are no ceiling recessed lights in the room either. So it's just um, it's just so pretty. And sometimes you need pretty for yourself. I definitely do. This is one room that I don't have to compromise on with my husband. So I am going to be redecorating this over the next, I don't know what, but a little at a time. I just started with this light fixture, but it is going to be my space in my colors and my, you know, girly feminine personality so excited. I have the paint colors picked out. I am going to um, do the walls in like this really beautiful blush color. I think I already maybe even talked about this, but I'm going to tell you again. It's Pink Ground by Pharaoh and Ball. And then the cabinets are going to be this really cool teal green called Arsenic. Oh, I cannot wait to really kind of like see how this project progresses and transforms my sewing space. All right, so let's talk a little bit about gardening. My tulips have been blooming the past few weeks, and I cut a bunch of, of them for my tulip vase. I actually have a vase that's made for tulips where it has this wire grid at the top, and it's sort of a short height uh, vase. Um, and then it allows them to sort of, you know, do their natural thing that tulips do. And they sort of um, start to bend um, the more that they um, are going through their blooming process. Uh, and fresh flowers are just so nice to have indoors as well as outdoors. For me, they inspire creativity and they provide a calming effect. And they just release some of the mental and emotional strains from the day. A seedling update. Uh, I made another stupid rookie mistake <laughs> when I transplanted the seedlings into the four-inch pots. I overwatered the trays and I drowned some of my beautiful little seedlings: the purple basil, some pansies, and petunias. I didn't take into consideration that um, you know we had these. Uh, 
super hot 90 degree temps with full sun and I had to, you know, water them more often. Well, then we had several days, consecutive days of cloudy, rainy um, days, and um, I did not adjust to my watering. So I realized too late that, oh my gosh, you are drowning your plants. Uh, and fortunately, most of them bounced back. I only lost um, a few, uh, like I said, a few purple basil plants and some um, pansies and petunias. But uh, everything else is good. And we're past the frost point. Yay. I hardened off some of the seedling plants and I've started planting them into containers on my deck. Uh, I didn't know when I started growing seeds indoors, how much satisfaction and fulfillment I would get when I'm planting my own grown plants. So this past weekend, when I was planting the uh, blushing Susie vines uh, and um, the herbs and the other plants, the lavender, I just um, I just had this satisfaction, and um, it just felt so good. But I I still worry about an impending complete fail because they are still really young little plants. So hopefully they make it and they grow into like beautiful, full-bloomed flowering vines, herbs, and flowers. I also have the two bare root rose bushes that I really need to plant really soon. Um, so, but I know those are going to stay sort of bare until next year, but I have something to look forward for next year, um, as the rose bushes are supposed to bloom a year after they're planted. So it's really kind of like go time in the garden now, and the next several weeks are going to be labor intensive and getting everything planted and maintained for the growing season. Uh, and I love doing this on our deck. The containers are so easy to prepare and plant in and maintain through the season versus the ground garden where it's a constant battle with the weeds and the overgrowth of stuff. Um, and I just, um, it, it's a project that is going to have to um, kind of evolve over the seasons into where I can create it to be much more weed resistant with certain things that you can do um, in the ground. Namely, probably raised planter boxes uh, would definitely help. And I like the way that that British gardener on Grow Veg, the YouTube channel, does his raised beds. And he actually makes a little path between these raised beds with uh, the mulch type of materials. And the purpose, there is a purpose for that, not just so you have a nice path to walk on, but it also discourages weeds from growing outside around the planter beds and getting into them. So I thought that was pretty brilliant. I want to install a drip irrigation system on both our deck container planters and the ground garden because uh, when we start getting into the full swing of summer and um, it's just hot weather all, all the time, uh, if we forget to water one time, it really affects uh, the flowers and um, hard to really get them to bounce back 
to the lush state that they were in prior. And we've got a few uh, weekend road trips to go on. So I really wanted to install this. I watched videos. I got the whole system down. Um, but my husband has talked me out of it for this season uh, because the initial investment costs do add up. And we just had to fix the brakes on the car uh, and so it's just like too many expenses all at the same time. So anyway, and plus, you know, we can still keep the, <laughs> keep the flowers alive with the, um, the manual watering. Um, but I still have hope that I might be able to fit it in this year <laughs> sometime, um, even if it's a little late and, uh, I kind of go up the sides of the container plants, uh, because, Really, what you want to do is uh, fish through the um, the watering tube up through the bottom of the containers um, so that you don't see any of the tubing. So that's ideal. But if I actually do end up getting this um, system in this year, then that's what I'm going to do. And then next year, I'll be able to um, do it the proper proper way. Speaking of road trips, we are driving to Iowa this weekend for my niece's birthday party. She wants a Hawaiian hula theme with the flower lays and the grass skirts. And uh, she's so cute. She's this very, like, a girly girl, loves pink and um, uh, loves to paint her nails and um, all of that cute girly stuff. One of the cat dolls will be gifted to her. And my sister and I are going to trade some plants. So she's also grown um, plants from seed. And she's planting a lot more vegetables than I am. Uh, so she is going to give me a butternut squash plant. And I'm going to give her my dar cucumber plant, which is like a mini cucumber that can be grown in containers. Uh, and I'll probably give her some some of the herbs because I, I do have extra chamomiles and uh, lavender and stuff like that. So that'll be fun, too. And uh, yeah, so that's enough chit chat, I think, for now. Let's go ahead and move on to the main topic of decorating and outdoor living. If you have the space, you probably have outdoor furniture on a patio, deck, or a backyard. If you live in a place where you enjoy nice weather year-round, you probably might even have an outdoor kitchen. Oh, I'm so jealous of that. Uh, hopefully one day, maybe we'll retire to a place where we have year-round outdoor living type of weather. But I'm going to talk about how to make the most of your outdoor living space and to create and extend living space from the house to the outdoors. It's a living space that you're going to want to spend most of your time during beautiful summer and early autumn days. So how do we start to do this? Um, you want to make a plan and survey your outdoor space with the ideas that you have on how you want it to look and function. Also, maybe you already have something out there, but it's just sort of like, you know, it's, it's just functional. Like it, you might have a few chairs set up and, and a little table, uh, but it, it probably could be something that you could really kind of embellish and expand on and really 
when you look at it as um, extending your indoor living space, you're creating another room. And it's so exciting to like be able to <laughs> to add on to your home with an outdoor living space. I just think it's so much fun. It's really exciting because we live in, I live in a small, narrow um, two flat. So the fact that we have this nice large deck right on the back of the house, oh my gosh, I love it. And it just really does expand our living space during the nice weather months. So on your plan, you will think about sitting in a gathering space. Uh, if you're going to do cooking, you need a barbecue space. And for eating, you might want a separate dining space. Uh, in the yard, you might want a fire pit space. And you may have opened or covered spaces, gardening spaces and container garden locations and kids and or pet play spaces. So those are all things to consider and think about and how uh, to best incorporate these different areas of living in your outdoor space. So list the priorities of new pieces that you want to add to your outdoor space, like tables, umbrellas, sitting furniture, etc. And then list the necessary accents that will pull together the space and make it cozy and inviting, like an outdoor rug, end tables, lighting, fire features like tabletop fireplaces are super popular right now or even heaters for cool evenings. And then list decorative non-essential, but they're really pretty and happy accents that will express your personality and add life to your outdoor living spaces. And these might be uh, accent pillows and flowers, candles, uh, outdoor drapery panels. You could not believe how much outdoor drapery panels just add to a space. It's just, I, I made a few outdoor panels that I put up every year um, across this four by four um, beam across one side of our deck and it's right behind the sofa and it's just so pretty. You, you, that really makes you feel like you are in an oasis or retreat and it's really fun and it's not very hard to do. Uh, and again, you can, some of these um, non-essential things could be lanterns, table topper items, uh, table runner placemats, melamine tableware for outdoor dining, um, dishes that won't break, but also look really, really very pretty. And other miscellaneous items could be um, like foldable kid and pet pools for hot days hanging plants and more flowers, and don't forget mosquito control. <laughs> um, I That's the one thing that is a big downer for me in our outdoor space because nothing is screened in and you're just exposed to all of the outdoor bugs. And the bugs that bother me are the mosquitoes, the bugs that bite you. Uh, so... My mom told me about this. Um, it's a thermal cell mosquito repeller. And it's just this little tiny thing that um, has a replaceable insert. It's some sort of a liquid 
and it re- and it's it, it, there, it's not scented and it repels mosquitoes for like so many square feet and she just was like going on and on about this so you know i'm always skeptical skeptical of stuff like that because you know citronella candles i don't know i don't think they really work <laughs> Do they really repel mosquitoes down by your ankles? No, because that's where I get bit a lot. So I'm going to try one of these and see. I will be the judge how good this uh, thermosel mosquito uh, repeller works. But the good thing is if it does work, basically you invest in the actual unit uh, and then you just buy the refills that I think the refills might last like a month or two. Um, So we'll see how that works. So how to create your outdoor living space. Uh, Furniture, of course, is one of the big things because you need somewhere to sit and to gather. Uh, And one thing is if you have the space and you have... um, the need to be able to entertain or even just live with your own family and have a designated seating area. Uh, You might want to have a sofa, glider chair, lounge chairs, upholstered with outdoor cushions, chase lounge. So that could create a nice little sitting area. And you set it up just like you would an indoor family room or a living room. And then keep the direction of the sun in mind uh, as you place this furniture accordingly. Uh, And then in an adjacent space, uh, make a dining room space with the outdoor dining table and chairs and a table umbrella. If you have the space to create separate dining and seating areas, it can really help with groups of people. If there are loud, boisterous conversations and game playing like Jenga or whatever, Monopoly, have the dining table space for those activities. And while keeping the seating area where like maybe the sofa and lounge chairs are at a bit more quiet for actual conversations. And also, you're going to want to spend time there on your own, not just when you're entertaining. You can enjoy your morning coffee or tea in the seating area, have an end table to place your beverages, uh, and then just enjoy the morning um, fresh air and the birds and, and everything like that. If you have a smaller space and there are only two of you, You can make an all-in-one area with seating and then maybe have a small bistro table between two comfortable chairs where it could also be used for dining as well as your comfortable sitting seating. Um, And also, this is a great setup uh, to do your crafts like hand sewing, knitting, um, things like that outdoors in a chair. I love bringing my sewing and craft projects out onto the deck. I just love it. It's just just the pinnacle of serenity and um, just getting my fulfillment of creative inspiration and energy. 
I have a beautiful glass mosaic bistro table, and I got this at Michael's um, oh, long, long time ago, and it is still looking pretty gorgeous. I We cover it up and protect it in between the seasons, and that's why it's lasted so long. Uh, and I have it between um, the outdoor sofa and the glider chair. And when I'm on my own, I'll eat there instead of at the bigger dining table. It's a lot more comfy. And it's a nice table to to set um, uh, your threads and sewing supplies if you're going to be hand sewing out there. And so let's talk about an area rug. You're going to be really surprised how much an air, outdoor area rug can pull together a seating area and make it very inviting. And outdoors, you can do a smaller size area of rug than you would do indoors. Like a five by eight in the center of a seating area will work just fine outdoors. If we, we, you were doing this in an indoor seating area, then I would say you probably want to have at least like an eight by 10 if the space could hold it um, so that your furniture is on there. Um, but outdoors is a whole different story. Um, so, but <laughs> with that said, if you have a large patio space and a large seating area, some sometimes people will have those outdoor sectionals. Get that large area rug. It's just, it is, um, it's just transform transformative to that space, if that's even a word. Um, Target and Wayfair are good sources for outdoor rugs. Target has been having sales here and there. Uh, get on their email list and keep track of what goes on sale. All of these retailers, they play these merry-go-round sales um, uh, times where things will go on sale for about a week or sometimes they'll do for their email list a special thing where it's like only one day. Um, but, uh, I just kind of like keep track of, you know, who has what on sale and who has the best deal. And then who ha actually has something of, in a style and colors that I like. Okay, let's talk about lighting for outdoors. Both functional and ambient lighting will transform the space in the evenings. Umbrellas now have LED solar lighting built in. And we got a new umbrella this season with the LED lighting built in. Oh, it, it just is so nice. It's And there's a little button on the umbrella post um, that you just press to turn them on and off. It's just amazing. Uh, I love it. So um, LED lights are amazing and solar lights too, um, all cord free. There are beautiful solar lanterns. Oh, those are very pretty just for accent lighting. Uh, table lamps are, there are some table lamps, like regular lamps, but they're solar powered. So you can have those if you're creating this entire roomscape where there are end tables and a sofa and chairs. Again, it's like creating a room, extending your living outdoors. There's just so many um, great products that are made for outdoor living now. It's, it's just so much fun. Um, what else? Uh, 
Oh, um, another cool thing which I want to try to do this year is um, kind of for a festive look and feel, string LED lights can go anywhere and they're very inexpensive. And if you just toss a um, line of string uh, of LED lights inside of a glass jar on a coffee table or in the center of a dining table, it's just very ambient and it looks like little, those little LED lights look little t- like twinkling and delicate and they're really pretty. Uh, Amazon is a good source for outdoor LED lighting. And of course you can go with um, the larger string lights, like those cafe uh, outdoor cafe lights. Those are always nice too, uh, especially if you do, um, a lot of outdoor dining in the evenings. Oh my gosh, fire features are all the rage now. I so want to have a tabletop fire um, pit or thing, whatever they call it. Um, ta- there's tabletop ones and they are propane um, sourced. Uh, and the propane, the little propane tank is hidden inside of the actual um, vessel that these um, tabletop fire features are made of. Um, there's tabletop styles. There are pillars. Um, there are some that are built into coffee tables. In fact, I have my eye on one. I definitely probably not going to get it this year, but it, at Target has this coffee table and um, half of it is a fire um what do you call it? Fire pit uh, feature. And then the other half is, you know, the tabletop. But the best thing about this is that when the fire pit is not in use, there is a sliding piece that slides over the fire pit and then looks like a seamless top on the coffee table. It's great. I love it. Uh, what else? Um Oh, the fire columns are fun, too, because they're a little taller um, and they just add drama uh, to to the space. And um, yeah, like I said before, Target has a really good selection of these at various price points. Another nice thing is water features, tabletop fountains. Fountains um, are definitely not new. And uh, they kind of like come and go in trends, but I think that they are ultimately a classic, um, a classic feature to add to outdoor living. Uh, most people just love the sound of of water falling and in a fountain. It's very relaxing and it adds a calming, zen-like atmosphere. And it could be really a pretty decorative element to add to the living space as well. So don't discount water features. And they could be anything from a really tiny, small tabletop fountain to maybe you convert one of your really large planters into a water feature. It's a lot of fun. All right, so now let's talk about making your own outdoor space items. Outdoor seat and back cushions from outdoor fabrics can be made. Outdoor seat cushions, especially now, are very expensive because the cost of foam is um, very expensive now, as is everything. 
so this, this is something that you can make. For instance, if you have tired looking seat cushions, you can reuse the foam on the inside and all you need to do is get some outdoor fabric and, and a really cute, pretty pattern, colors, whatever your color theme is, and you can sew the the cushion covers and the back cushion pillows. It's a great way to update an outdoor space. Um, and when you make these, you basically will create a template that will be used as your sewing pattern and just add a half inch seam allowance and um, you can add a zipper in the gusset of a seat cushion. I would definitely add a zipper in the seat cushions. You don't have to add a zipper in the back cushions, but of course it's ideal. Um, it's handy when you want to clean and store them away for the winter season. Uh, accent pillows are super easy to make and definitely don't need a zipper <laughs> if you don't want to. Um, update your existing furniture and thrift shop yard sale finds. Um, exterior spray paint can turn an old faded rusty piece into a brand new amazing piece of furniture just like I saw with the spray paint that I did in our old iron chase lounge. Also, you could invest in a paint sprayer from a hardware store and you could paint anything with it. You can paint tables and chairs and anything. Um, I have I have one of those. And we painted these louver, this louver bathroom door last year for the upstairs bathroom. And it was so quick and easy. I just couldn't even imagine trying to paint a louver door with a paintbrush. <laughs> um, yeah, not going to happen. Not with me. Also, I talked about this in the chit chat segment, but you can replace the fabric on sling chairs and chase lounges. And really the trickiest part is just removing the lag screws. That's what they're called, lag screws. I couldn't remember in the chit chat segment. And it's not really that bad. It definitely is a two person job. Uh, when you take it apart and when you um, put it back together. So uh, you definitely want to have a helper to make this task um, even easier. And of course, outdoor placemats are fun. Sew them out of outdoor fabric and you can just wipe them off to clean them. Uh, there's so many nice outdoor themed fabrics. Um, also, if you don't do outdoor outdoor fabrics that are made of polypropylene, you can find outdoor themed fabrics in quilting cottons and also in outdoor fabrics. So it's your choice. Um, and uh, creative decorative, decorative accents, like the one I mentioned early with the LED lights in a lantern or in a large uh, glass jar, you can make those super easy. Uh, paint plain terracotta planters and really you could just paint the rim of a terracotta planter and just by adding that touch of color transforms that planter uh, from just an everyday terracotta to like really wow. And also, I remember when a couple of years ago, the fabric rugs were all the rage in the sewing community, <laughs> you know, the ones you make with the two and a half strips. 
um, you can try to do um, some of those for outdoor. It's just an idea. Um, and you can also make a, make them with two and a half inch strips of outdoor fabrics. So anything you want to do outdoors that you want to be weather resistant, water repellent, choose outdoor fabric. Um, and then just make what you would make for indoor for the outdoors in the outdoor fabric. And then you can also turn an old table or a yard sale find into an end table or a coffee table. You can paint it in an accent color. You could mosaic the top of the table. You can replace the top, a wood top, with a glass top. Or you can layer a glass top on top of the wood top. I mean, the options are endless. And it doesn't have to cost an arm and a leg. You know, hit up those yard sales and thrift shops and it just takes, it does take an investment of your time and um, sweat equity, basically, um, to make those into really beautiful pieces, but it could definitely transform your outdoor space. Uh, and then for some accents, you can turn a wood tray into a really fun tray uh, and set it on an ottoman that could be used as a coffee table. You can paint the tray, decoupage it. You can cricket it with vinyl. <laughs> Again, the options are endless. Little things like that, when you just add little accents like that, really add a layering and a wow factor to your outdoor space. Uh, also, um, <laughs> this is a different thing, but um, my mom has a, a glass round fishbowl in her, their screen, it's a screen house, but uh, we call it a hucky. And it's a Dutch word for screen house, basically. It's what my grandfather, he's Dutch, um, called the screenhouse. He built a screenhouse at his house. And then uh, my parents converted this little um, house. It's not a house. It's like a little shed type of thing, but um, into a screenhouse, which again, we all call it the hucky. <laughs> um, but basically she has this really cute fishbowl with one pretty betta fish in it. The kids love it. And it's actually a, a pretty nice decorative accent for the space. And because it's in an inside screen house, it's protected from the elements and that sort of thing. So it's just another little idea. And finally, outdoor quilts draped over a sofa, a lounge chair or chaise will definitely add and in the evenings it does get chilly and it's really nice to have a throw blanket or quilt um, right there ready to be used it and it just really expresses your personality uh, to add that one-of-a-kind made piece to your seating area in creating this outdoor living space you can do it in steps or in phases it doesn't need to be completed all at once. And I'm going to give you a designer trick. You can make it look like a finished space, but have your phased plans in for adding to this space throughout the seasons and the next few years that will continue the layering process until it is made into that completed um, outdoor living space. 
And by that, I mean your first phase will start with just your main pieces. You will probably not have all of your furniture pieces all at once. Uh, We didn't. So we just started with our dining table and the dining chairs on the deck. And then down the road, a few years down the road, I actually got a really good deal on the uh, wicker, uh, faux wicker sofa, a glider chair, and an ottoman. So you just kind of add those furniture pieces in when you can, but what you add in there, then you build upon that to make it look like a finished space so that it always looks sort of finished. So basically, you know, instead of just piling in furniture and then that's all you can do and then you're out there and it really just doesn't feel like, (laughs) you know, an oasis to you or a finished space. But if you start with a few pieces and then you are able to add some pillows and you're able to, um, you know, make some placemats or accent pillows, um, maybe you can add that jar of LED lights then it can look like a finished space. It's what I call creating a vignette. And even though it's not finished in your mind, it presents a somewhat finished and beautiful presentation. That's what I mean by designing your space into in phases and designing it as a complete look each phase. All right. So I want to see photos of what you do to make your special outdoor living space. I have a hashtag make and decorate podcast. So use hashtag make and decorate podcast and also post it in the make and decorate friends mighty networks group. I hope you make the outdoor living space of your dreams and you utilize it all summer and you share the beauty and fun with your family and friends. You're going to inspire them to add fun things to their own outdoor spaces too. And I have some final thoughts regarding home decorating. There is much value in a professional interior designer's knowledge and experience in space planning, lighting, color palettes, products, putting together the entire design from concept, the big picture down to the smallest detail, while using the client's character and personality in the design plan. One of the costs of hiring professional designers is the high-end textiles and customizing almost everything adding contrast welts or piping to pillows, adding trims to pillows and sofas, Roman shades, table runners, and the cost of labor to have all of these things made for clients who do not sew or who do not want to sew. So we as makers, we have that talent and skill to decorate our homes as luxurious as a professionally designed home. Why? Because we can make high-end textiles. And by that, I mean adding hand embroidery, English paper piecing, foundation paper piecing, and patchwork. We know how to sew those textiles and make them into beautiful, handmade, one-of-a-kind items. 
that is what is part is it, it, it is a segment or a part of high end interior design. When furniture is custom made by an artisan, finished by hand, those types of things are what makes um, you know high end interior design possible. So take what you know, and because we know about fabrics and we know how to sew them and we know how to embellish them, that is what is sought after and what people pay a lot of money to have made for them. So you can do this on your own and you're, you're, you can create a space, a one-of-a-kind, luxurious space um, that you've made, that you've done. And just know that you're able to, to create high-end textiles and then make them into beautiful things for your home. So I want you to embrace this talent and skill that you possess and be really proud of your handmade pillows, quilts, table runners, and anything that you craft and create with your hands. And utilize your talent and skills in ways you might not have thought of in your home decorating. And if you don't want the task of making drapery, then buy ready-made drapery panels that you can embellish and make your own. And by doing that, you then make them into high-end pieces. One of the mantras we designers live by is, it's all in the details. And that's what it is. So when you focus on details and um, you utilize whatever it is that you love to do, if you love to do hand or machine embroidery, um, stitching uh, applique on two pillows or things, do that and you will be surprised at what people will say. And you know what? If people are as rude as to say, oh, that's homemade and say it in a condescending way, just, you know, brush them off, water off a duck's back because they don't get it. They don't understand what goes into handmade things. So, But there is a good amount of, of people out there who do. Uh, so, yeah, I just wanted to give that little, I don't know what it is, a pep talk <laughs> and, and actually just, you know, get you to realize what it is that you possess as far as um, being a maker, sewing and quilting. All right. So that brings us to the end of this episode. I hope that you enjoy it. And I hope that you have taken away something that you can use in your outdoor decorating. Um, And again, I would love to see pictures of what you're making and decorating. Enjoy your weekend and take a little time to make and decorate. Bye-bye. If you would like a bonus episode every month, become a patron and support the Make and Decorate podcast show at my Patreon page, Make and Decorate. For extended show notes with links and photos to what we've talked about, visit my podcast blog at makeanddecorate.com. And remember to take some time for yourself to be creative. Bye-bye.